1: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock. It.
2: The hammer. The uh, the U.S. national debt is like. Somewhere over thirty-four trillion dollars. Our you know, we'll be paying this off for generations. Our grandkids, grandkids, grandkids will still be dealing with this when we're long dead and gone. So that being said, 34 trillion national debt, what's another ninety-five billion dollars in foreign aid between friends? Huh? Uh
3: just write him a check. We're Come good on. for it. Come
2: on, what's another ninety-five? We're already thirty-four trillion. What's another ninety-five billion? It's a drop in the bucket.
3: Well, I assume, Nudge, that if we're going to be giving this money to everybody else. Then we funded everything we need here in the United States, right? Oh no,
2: no, 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 no! Chuck Schumer has been sitting on a standalone border security bill that the House passed, uh, or it was late last year. They're not going to do anything with that. And of course, they tried to. uh, The Senate tried to put uh, the border security bill with foreign aid, and that was dead on arrival in the House. That was that was a joke. Well, there was ridiculous bull crap
3: buried in that bill.
2: Yeah. So they took out the part that made sense. By the way, in that bill, the border security for the southern border. And the Senate went ahead and passed the foreign aid bill for Taiwan, Israel. And yes, our good old party pals. Ukraine.
3: Well, thank God that Ukraine's always been a long-time ally to the United States, and they've always had our back, and they've always been pro-freedom and (laughs) pro-America. Thank God for that.
2: Look, I I was listening to Rob Kendall (laughs) this morning, and he said something that resonated me. I'm so sick and tired of giving money to people who think they deserve it, who think they're entitled to it. I'm so sick and tired of people giving giving money to people that hate us. I'm so sick and tired of funding needless, endless wars, and this is exactly
3: what this is. Well, Todd Young hates you, because Todd Young was one of 22 Republicans that put their old John Hancock of approval on this thing.
2: Well, at the behest of uh, their immortal leader, Mitch the Turtle McConnell.
3: Turtle! Turtle! Uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, Romney, uh, just some of your favorite cartoon pals that said, yeah, We need to make sure that Ukraine gets their money before we handle things here. Now, listen, I can listen to a debate about standalone bills, right? If you want a foreign aid bill separate from a bill that funds the border, all right, fine. But how about we work on our issues first? How about we work on things that need to be addressed here in America first before we rush to give Zelensky and Taiwan and Israel more funding? Even even
2: this bill right here needed to be separated. You can vote on each one individually, and you know I feel like there's some people in the Senate who are like, "Look, we really need to get to funding to Israel." I don't like this Ukraine part, but I'm going to vote for this because it helps out our allies in Israel. Does Israel really need our help, by the way? do They, they definitely don't need our military presence in terms of, quote, boots on the ground. They don't need us. They don't want that. Um, they seem to be handling things just fine over there.
3: But if somebody's passing out free money... Yes, they're going to take it. They're right, going right, to take right, it. Right, sure. Good point. <laughs> if I go out to Monument Circle and there's somebody with a Joe Biden t-shirt on and a Kamala Harris hat, I might not like him, but if he's passing out free money, <laughs> my hand is extended. <laughs> okay. Uh, the United States, by the way, has already spent more than 100 billion dollars oh. in aid for Ukraine since the war with Russia so began.
2: No audit, no oversight for this money to Ukraine and no end in sight, no pathway to uh, any sort of win or no strategy whatsoever. It's just here's another 60 bill and that's going to
3: help? Is that supposed to put put Ukraine over the top? And I've said this before. What cracks me up are these morons that feel like, well, if we don't give money to Ukraine, then Russia is going to take over Ukraine. And once they have Ukraine, it's on to World War III. Poland's next, then France, and next thing you know, American boots are on the ground. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's fear-mongering from Chuck Schumer. He said exactly
2: that, more or less, a couple of days ago.
3: Right. And let's not get it twisted. Ukraine is not an ally to the United States. They never really have been. They don't really like us. When the United States and Iraq were kind of going back and forth, Ukraine was team Saddam. Now I get it. It's a different regime, different leadership, but let's not act like this is Great Britain or Israel, some big ally to the United States. The only ties to the United States that Ukraine has or the Biden family. And yeah. there's a lot of questions about that, <laughs> to put it mildly. So this happened in the middle of the night. There was filibustering, lots of debate. And again, your senator from Indiana, Mike Braun, was a no. And Todd Young was a yes. So let us know your thoughts. Hit us up on social media, at Hammer and Nigel, Facebook, Twitter, instagram we got the live stream going in studio on youtube and i'm sure this is the end of it right the end of
2: it now first of all (laughs) let's 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 all remember this has got to go to the house Uh, now where mike johnson the speaker of the house has has not said what he said about the border security bill which is dead on arrival but it's not looking good in the house, so this is still got to get. This is still got to get passed in the house.
3: Oh no! And I thought you meant this is the end of funding for Ukraine. That's
2: what I meant too. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, this is the it, drugs right? you're <laughs>
3: using have really been powerful oh, lately. Oh, they just
2: kicked in, baby! <laughs> right before the show every day.
3: Um. So while that's going on, and you've got Chuck Schumer cheerleading for more money to the Ukrainians, the Democrats are kind of in a little bit of damage control right now about Biden's mental issues. The tide is starting to turn. Now, for a lot of people, we've been seeing this for a while, that Joe Biden's been losing his fastball, shaking hands with the air and speaking gibberish and calling on dead people in press conferences. We've all seen this for the last couple of years. But now it seems like even Democrats are starting to realize... Boy, this is a this is a major problem and people are starting to realize it. So they're in damage control. Chuck Schumer. Here he is basically saying, hey, Biden's fine. Nothing to see here. It's just Republican talking points.
4: I talk to President Biden, you know, regularly or sometimes several times in a week or usually several times in a week. His mental acuity is great. It's fine. It's as good as it's been over the years. I've been speaking to him for 30 years since we worked on the Brady Bill and the assault weapons ban when I was a young congressman. (laughs) Um, And um, he's 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 fine. All this right wing propaganda that his mental acuity has declined is
5: wrong. He's going to win the election because he has a great record, because um, more and more Americans are seeing that record.
2: What what record? What's he talking about? Horrible foreign policy? Inflation isn't getting any better with the latest numbers that just came out?
3: There's record crime. Um, There's record inflation. There's record numbers of people that have gone across the border during his time as the president.
2: Consumer price index things, everything more expensive, everything more expensive. He even admitted it on the Super Bowl that one, that one ad that run the shrinkflation. he admitted it. He's like things are more expensive, and yet uh, they're making you know companies are making things smaller. Well, it's because of the uh, inflation that you caused.
3: Oh, nudge that's just Republican talking points. All that money you're spending at the grocery store, that's Republican talking points. Buying a new car, trying to buy a new house big, big Republican talking points. Joe Biden's fine. Which brings us to another edition of <laughs> Nothing to See Here, Joe Biden's Fine. And now, Hannah
0: and
6: Nigel present Joe Biden's Fine! Nothing to see here. Nothing to
1: see here. Please, this perfect. The best way to get something done, if you, if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, like to be able to what was that? This is this! Joe <laughs> fine! Nothing to see here! Nothing to see here!
3: Anyway... He's fine. Oh, sure. Nothing to see here. Uh, it's Valentine's Eve yeah! here in Central Indy. Fat Tuesday and Valentine's Eve. Oh, I forgot about Fat Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, now, for those who might not have picked up that perfect gift for that special someone in your life, right here at the Hammer and Nigel Show, we've got some advice in case you are in that category of folks that may
0: have forgot about Valentine's Day. This Valentine's Day, show her how much you don't care with a gift from (laughs) CVS. Our wide selection of cards and candy are a great way to say, I forgot what today was, so I picked this garbage up on the way home from work. Yep. Don't forget to check out our assortment of stuffed animals, so soft and cuddly, they're guaranteed to not leave a mark when she hurls it at you, For giving her a 20 count bag of conversation hearts. And thanks to our return policy, you can exchange all of your unopened purchases for alcohol to numb the pain of being dumped because you were too cheap to spend $50 on a pendant from K's. And as a bonus, you can use one of our extra long receipts to write a note to your parents explaining why you have to move back in with them. (laughs) CVS, we're here for your needs Your sad, desperate needs (laughs) I may
2: have stopped by Walgreens on my way to work this morning I can neither confirm nor deny that I may have been in that boat
3: And if you went to one of those stores this morning I highly recommend you go to Diamonds Direct on the way home
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis It's about sharing time with those you love Hanging with friends who lift you up Hammer and Nigel show. Oh,
2: yeah. Happy Fat Tuesday. Mardi Gras in full effect. Fat Tuesday basically is, you know, the last day before Lent, so you can get all your uh, partying and indulging in before the, uh, you know, the 40 days of penance for Catholics that uh, give up certain things for Lent. And. I never really got into Fat Tuesday. It's just like another excuse for people to party, like Marty Gras. Right. you know what I mean? Every like,
3: day is Fat Tuesday yeah. here at the Hammer and Nigel right, Show. Right, right. <laughs>
2: but for um, you know, staunch religious Catholics, you'll see you know, them walking around with ashes on their forehead, and they give up you know, alcohol, or they give up sweets, right. they give up steak, they give up... You know, for 40 days, you're supposed to go without something you love. If you and see somebody today, with
3: ash on their head tomorrow, don't tell them they've got a spot on their head.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, this is... They, it they happens know. every year. They know. But so Fat Tuesday is basically like, get it all in tonight, because tomorrow it's a whole different ball game.
3: When you were younger, Nige, in your 20s, single days, <laughs> did you ever make it down to New Orleans at all? Never.
2: Never. No desire to go really hurt. It's kind of dirty down there and smelly. I'm not. Uh, it is. There's a
3: lot of stench that comes from Mardi Wait, did Gras. You go? Did you go? I've been to New Orleans. I haven't been from Mardi Gras. Okay. I went down there um, for... For something else, but it never really was something I had on my bucket list. Like when I was in college, all my roommates, they were some hard partying, rowdy dudes. Sure. I was the calm, you know, voice of reason in that house. They would go down there on a whims notice, we're going to Mardi Gras. And like, it was never really a thing for me. I'd rather go to the beach in Florida where the chicks are hotter in bikinis because the whole thing with Mardi Gras down in New Orleans is booze beads, and boobies. But the boobies (laughs) aren't necessarily ones you want to see, and that's a problem. Like, I would rather go see hot chicks at the beach and hit on them there than seeing some big tub of lard lifting up her shirt (laughs) for some beads on Bourbon Street. Hence, Fat Tuesday. There you go. Which brings us to great moments in fat history. Oh, come on. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden.
7: Look, fat, look, here's the deal.
2: (laughs)
3: Can't have Fat Tuesday without Look Fat. Here's no. the deal. Uh, remember this iconic rant by Tyra Banks on her show?
6: To all of you that have something nasty to say about me or other women that are built like me, I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. <laughs>
3: I don't remember that. Really? No. That was like a big thing with Tyra Banks. Somebody said that she was gaining weight, and she went on this rant of saying- I thought she was hot, wasn't she? Well, she was. There was an unflattering photo some paparazzi got of her at the beach where it looked like she had gained a little weight, so she went on her show and said, hey- I mean, she sounded like she's about ready to break down there. She does that. It was kind of her thing. Uh, Great moments in fat history during one of the great press conference rants of all time. Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy. If
7: your child goes down the street and somebody makes fun of him because he dropped a pass in a pickup game or says he's fat, (laughs) or says he's fat, I'm a man. I'm
3: 40. One of the great rants of all time. And to wrap up this whole great moments and fat history and Fat Tuesday thing vibe that we've got going, Here with a very special message is AI Donald Trump.
1: In honor of Fat Tuesday, I'd like to give some shout-outs to some of the fattest people I know, like Rosie O'Donnell, that fat pig makes me sick. Can you imagine the hell that her toilet seat sees on a daily basis? I hear that are making a sequel to Oppenheimer, but this one will be about Rosie just letting taco farts. I'd also like to wish a happy Fat Tuesday to Chris Christie. He's a two-time failed presidential candidate. Date, but the defending champion of the all-you-can-eat buffet at Golden Corral. And lastly, happy Fat Tuesday to those fat bastards at the Hammer and Nigel show in Indianapolis. Hammer's ass has gotten so big over the last year it now requires a tax code. Oh, come on. How can someone lose that much weight and still be fat? Come on. As for Nigel, look at that double chin. Nigel's second chin is what the new twister movie should be viewed on <laughs> nigel may be fat but he makes up for it by also being a lazy red-faced alcoholic happy fat tuesday everyone ai
5: donald yeah, trump
3: bravo. with a fat tuesday <laughs> message it's the hammer and nigel show
2: you're listening to the hammer and nigel show the hammer nigel show hello my name is nigel that's hammer over there with a special guest on the
3: hotline jerry lopez can be found on social media at indy spanglish he's a flamethrower and he's also a fill-in host here at 93 wybc jerry let's get right into it while most of us were sleeping through the night there was action at capitol hill the senate Passing forward the foreign aid bill with a lot of Republican support. Over 20 Republicans, including Indiana's Todd Young, giving two thumbs up at more U.S. tax dollars going to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Your thoughts? Yeah, so they did
4: pass that big bill, but um the the Senate said they're not even they're not even or the House said they're not even going to bring it to the floor so, supposedly. That's what they're saying now, but you're 100% right another 95 billion that we're deciding to to, to dole out in aid, once again 60 billion to Ukraine, 14 to Israel, 9 for for different humanitarian things and 4.8 to Taiwan, still nothing on
7: the border though.
3: And this is the thing that, you know, I've been seeing on social media. There's a lot of people that are saying, well, the United States has to support their ally in Israel, and they've got to support Taiwan, and we've got to help the Ukrainian people fight the Russians. If you're somebody that feels like that, okay, that's fine. But I think the United States needs to deal with our own issues first. Come with, come up with a border bill standalone first and then we can worry about being everybody's buddy after that does that make sense it, it does make sense but you know in a, in
4: a in a culture where we can identify as anything i think the united states should just identify as ukraine and get the money like just be done with it you know it, it, you know d- take a take a take a step back and remember was it like in 2018 when donald trump asked for the money for the wall and they said that that 12 billion to 25 billion reportedly would be too much and here we are, we're handing out $95 billion. Uh, it, it feels like every couple of years, every year we're giving away money.
3: It's a retainer, basically, going to Zelensky. And the thing that drives me nuts, like, and you know this, Jerry, you've been in the military, you were a, uh, you know, a communications guy. The people that say, well, if Russia takes that part of Ukraine over, they're just going to take over the rest of the world. That's laughable to me.
4: Yeah, that's not happening. And also, there's a reason why we're doing the whole NATO thing, right? Russia knows better than to invade a country that's in NATO, because then we're obligated to back
2: them up. That's part of the rules. I mean, Russia can barely win in Ukraine, although I think they are making progress slowly but surely. But I don't think Putin has any plans to invade Poland or France or anything like that when they can barely hold their own uh, against Ukraine.
4: Right no and I agree completely. I agree completely. And if they go after Poland or, or one of the other countries now now all the other members of NATO are required to step in and ship in. Right now this has just been the, the US doling out dollars to these countries.
2: It's it's not only doling out dollars. It's what's 60 billion going to do for Ukraine? And is this the end of it? I mean there's no oversight. There's no audit. There is no this doesn't lead to a path to victory, I guess is what I'm saying in Ukraine. No. 60 billion not at all.
4: No, I agree, and look, you'll see reports all over the media where there's misplaced funds and misplaced weapons, and we we have no accountability, to your point, no accountability of this money, what is being spent on, or what even happens to those things after the fact.
3: And I can't stress this enough, and I feel like this gets left out of a lot of conversations, Ukraine is not an ally to the United States. The United States has no um,
2: Security interest, uh, security national security interest,
3: interest in at all in this, to be honest. Ukraine was Team Saddam Hussein when the United States and Iraq were going back and forth. Now, I get it. It was a different era, different leadership. But let's not act like these guys are some big freedom-loving, red, white, and blue American flag wavers. Well, I agree with that.
4: But I also challenge anybody listening to this to go ahead and Google the bio labs that have been found in Ukraine, and we'll figure out who really has an interest in this right? Like, this, this is this is more than, mm. than just money laundering. This could be money laundering at its highest level. This could be protection of bio labs. This could be a lot of things, but the last thing it's about is really Russian uh, aggression.
2: And what's with the money to Taiwan? I mean, uh, the last time I saw the official policy of the United States is one nation China, right? And, and I don't know, and I heard Rob Kendall talking about this earlier this morning on Kendall and Casey. The, why is Taiwan getting our dollars?
4: Well, no, then that was the big Biden administration came out immediately and said they supported the one China uh, rule or thought yes. process that they have there. Listen, if China wanted to take Taiwan, it'd be the biggest waste of money anyway because we know this administration wouldn't stand up to them. So it wouldn't matter. I, I have no idea what the money's going to. It makes no sense to me
3: jerry lopez is our guest here on the hammer and nigel show so kamala harris said she's ready to serve she's ready to lead in the event that joe biden finally checks into the old folks home jerry
4: <laughs> yeah that's laughable i mean the only person that she could serve is willie brown and i don't know if he's still running Oh, oh Boy.
3: all right we're I off mean, and so- rolling here on a tuesday
4: <laughs> yeah, we're I mean, rolling that's about it well, she, I mean, she can, serve, she can serve Willie. That's about it. But I mean, isn't are we talking about our borders? Are that's correct. The, board, the border has been the worst part of this whole administration. What is she really serving? She's not even doing her own job right.
3: And listen, I don't have a camera that is inside of the DNC headquarters, but I'm willing to bet there's a pretty good game of leapfrog going on over there. All of these different Democrats ready to jump over Kamala Harris to the front of the line if. And maybe when Joe Biden says, I'm out
7: of here.
4: Well, that leapfrog game is going to be the second game in the White House Olympics because the first game's hot potato. Nobody wants to earn any or hold on to anything this administration has done, whether it's immigration, whether it's inflation, whether it's anything. Not, not one single person in this administration has taken responsibility for anything. Hell, the 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 one guy, the secretary of defense, went to the hospital and he's like, that's yeah, not my fault. I don't. My bad. Yeah. Like, it, it, nobody is taking yeah. accountability for anything.
2: Do you think Biden makes it to the election? I think there's no chance. I mean,
4: well, he may make it to the election, but he's not going to be the candidate, right? Like the worst thing that could have happened to them was that was that report coming out that basically said yeah. our president is too incompetent to stand trial.
3: And now watching people like Chuck Schumer and the folks on MSNBC try to bend themselves into a pretzel to defend Joe Biden when really We didn't need that report to see that this dude lost his fastball a long time ago. Anybody that has paid the slightest bit of attention can see the decline of Joe Biden has been very quick.
4: I mean, not not only has it been quick, but it's bordered on elder abuse. I mean, at first it was funny where it was like, oh, this guy's an idiot. But now it's like everybody has to see what's going on right now. And you're all complicit in this. And not only that, but you're making our country look horrible right? So M- NBC did a poll where they said 70% of voters are more concerned about Biden's age compared yep. to 61 for Trump's legal stuff. I think people are just tired of the legal stuff. We don't really care. If you're a Trump guy, you're voting for him regardless. If you're anti-Trump, you're not going to vote for him regardless. I don't think the legal things have anything to do with what what's going to affect Trump.
2: So do, do, what do you think of this? This Go back to that report for a second for the special prosecutor well, look, with the classified documents and saying that, yeah, look, uh, you know, Joe Biden didn't even remember, couldn't even remember within years uh, when yep. his son Bo died, he's not fit to stand trial. Uh, how devastating was that for the Biden administration? Or is it people just like me and you and Hammer that pay attention to this stuff? And does did it resonate with the uh, American public in terms of deciding who they're going to vote for?
4: Well, I think it was validating for, for people yes. like us who have been saying it forever, right? But I But I think the reality is also it made this administration, made the American people actually face it. Somebody else is saying this. This is not the right. This is not MAGA. This is not conservative saying that he's lost his fastball. This is now an official counsel uh, coming out and saying, yeah, he's lost his fastball. Right. Like he couldn't remember some basic things. One of the things that gets lost in this whole process is where they lo- where they said Biden lost a uh, highly sensitive uh, documentation vacation in the Hamptons yeah. in like 2010. So this is T.S.S.C.I. This is the kind of clearance I had as a as a, as a counterterrorism analyst. It stands for top secret com- uh, secret or special compartmentalized information, essentially stopping one person from breaking down the whole system. Right. So you compartmentalize whether it's methods and means or who was your source or whatever. Those are all. Dealt in different different places because if you put it together you have the whole the whole document. They're saying he's losing that stuff. Wow. Like that's wow. big deal stuff. That's about as high as it gets right there. We're not talking about secret information. This is higher than top secret. This has a special classification.
3: And one thing that I'm noticing, well yes, there still are the people carrying Joe's water joe scarborough msnbc for the most part they're still holding on they're like those folks on the titanic that are playing the violins as the (laughs) titanic goes into the ocean but you're seeing a lot of others finally start to turn on joe biden like when i watched that presser that he did after the special counsel report that was a white house press pool that had turned on joe biden axios has a damning article out on the biden administration right now i think you're starting to see a little bit of a shift here jerry
4: oh definitely well it becomes hard to defend right this is why the question even remains like will he make it through because this is really bad stuff and and we're not really talking about issues now we're talking about the man himself right so it was so bad that every president since 2004 has appeared on the super bowl why would you not Especially in election year. You have a chance to have 200 million viewers is what they said. Listening to you being interviewed, I assume softballs.
3: Right. On and CBS, you're... it would have been Nora O'Donnell or Scott Pelley. Either way, somebody uh, was probably going to be lobbing them up some softballs.
4: Yeah, 200 million viewers, you get a chance for to, to reach everybody, and they know there's no way you can do this.
3: He is on social media at Indy Spanglish. Jerry, great job, man. We'll talk Thanks, next week. Buddy.
1: Hammer, and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it!
2: Nigel, Jason Hammer, right over there. It's kind of interesting amid speculation that RNC chair Ronna McDaniel will be stepping down. I don't think she's officially announced that she's going to step down, but you she's know.
3: being told you're stepping down. Yeah, so it looks like <laughs>
2: some RNC spokesman said everything's fine, everything's normal, no decision's going to be made about uh, future plans until after the South Carolina primary. But anyway, Donald Trump. Uh, former President Trump has uh, come out in support of a new RNC chair. This guy's name's Michael Watley. He's the North Carolina GOP chair, head of the re- Republicans there in North Carolina. This is a guy that was on Bush's recount team in the uh, early 2000s. Later worked in the Bush administration, in the Energy Department, and uh, really, really w- stuck by Donald Trump. During the whole "Stop the Steal" election fraud thing, so he is he is a loyal, loyal guy to Trump, and this is who Trump is endorsing to lead the Republican um, uh, National
3: Committee. Now he's also saying that he wants his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, to be the co-chairwoman. So he's going to go with a guy that's been incredibly loyal. To him, yep. standing by him during the whole stop the steal thing, and also having Laura Trump, his daughter in law, serve as the co chair. She would be the co chairwoman. So I don't know where I'm at on this, man, because it feels like the RNC needs a jolt of somebody maybe a little younger. You know, I was kind of hoping for somebody like. Scott Pressler, who's a guy that's really young, but dynamic fundraiser, gets boots on the ground, helps Republicans get elected. Uh, If you haven't followed him on social media, check him out. Long-haired dude. I was kind of hoping for him or Hermit Dillon. We've had Harmeet on the show before. She's an attorney, and her specialty is not only fundraising, but fighting legal stuff as well. So, either one of those folks, that's kind of who I was hoping for. I don't know if Michael Watley really does a lot to energize the base other than maybe just help Donald Trump.
2: Democrats criticizing the decision, quote, with his endorsement of election denying conspiracy theorists, blah, 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 blah. So I think it was a guy that's going to be who was loyal to Trump during that time frame. I do think it's interesting that Donald Trump is already... You know, starting to name people. He hasn't been elected. <laughs> we haven't had the election yet. He's already started. Hey, Rana, you need to step down. Well,
3: you're not exactly in power yet. But true. But he's right about Rana. No, no, I understand Rana's got to go. Yeah. Like you can't just lose election after election and underperform election after yeah, election to keep your gig. And
2: the RNC needs money. They need. No, I think they're a million dollars in debt. They only raised like eight million dollars in the past few months. This time, uh, I don't know. In 2016, before that, it was like they had like 15 million dollars in the coffers. I have to go back and look at those numbers, but it's, yeah, some changes need to be made there at the uh, at the top there.
3: And there needs to be some clear messaging from the top because the Republicans they're in a bit of a little civil war right now. You've got the America First Donald Trump MAGA Republicans, if you want to call them that. And on the other side, you've got the establishment, old Mitch McConnell, business as usual Republicans. Well, I think the younger group, they lean more toward the Donald Trump America first side than they do the Mitch McConnell side. But both sides exist. And right now, they're kind of cannibalizing each other, and it's mixed messaging. Like, look what's happening with this situation of funding other countries' wars. It's mixed messaging, and that's hurting the party as a whole. And
2: the Democrats are unified. Say what you want about the Republicans, but the Democrats are uh, they especially in terms of their support for Joe Biden. Now, the mainstream media may be on a different level than the politicians in Washington, the Democrats, but they are all 100% in behind Joe Biden.
3: Even if they don't mean it. Like, When you hear Gavin Newsom come out and Chuck Schumer come out and say, oh, Joe Biden's fine. There's nothing to see here. They don't mean it. They know there's a problem. That's why they're coming out and making statements. But they're saying all the right things. You look at the Republicans. You've got some hot take machines on both sides that are not afraid to call each other out. And ultimately, is that good for business? Is that good for fundraising? Now, speaking of Joe Biden, a new poll is out, Naj. Make sure you're sitting down for this one, because this one this one's a surprise. Majority of Americans think Joe Biden is too old. Mm, wow. Let me, <laughs>
2: whoa. That knocked me off my feet. I can't believe it. Well, and even, how many of those Americans are going to vote for him in the next election? Though? That's, that's what the I, thing.
3: I was going to say the exact same thing. Even though they come out and say this in a survey, I promise you, they're going to go vote for Joe Biden in the general. Same thing with all these people bitching about being in a sanctuary city in Chicago. They're mad. They're going to council meetings. They're ticked off about all these illegal aliens coming into their city. And their way to fix that is to keep voting for the exact same people that are allowing it to happen. The exact same party.
2: You're right. They're not blaming Joe Biden. They're blaming... They are blaming like the governor of Texas for busing all the illegal immigrants to their sanctuary cities. That's that's where the blame lies, and that's the wrong message.
3: My favorite thing is when somebody has had enough of ridiculous policies, whether it's in California or New York, and they move to somewhere like Florida or Texas, but they keep voting for the same crap that they left behind. You know, I see it a lot. I just don't understand it. You know, it's wild how people are just so wed to a letter. Now, there are Republicans like that, too. Let's not get it twisted. But I think on this show, we do a pretty good job of calling everybody out. Maybe I'm the bad guy. I didn't vote for the mayor's race in Indianapolis, because even though Boss Hawk said it's one of the great zeros of all time. I wasn't going to vote for Jefferson Shreve, who was blaming me as a law-abiding gun owner, for the problems. Neither one of those clowns deserved my vote. So, we keep it honest on this show. Say what you want, we keep it honest. And John Stewart, to his credit, I thought he was pretty honest last night on his return to The Daily Show. Uh,
2: he hasn't been on The Daily Show for... I mean, seven, ten years? It's been I mean, a while, like, like, he left his role there and 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 started producing stuff. And he had an unsuccessful Apple series that was just it just bombed. But, um, yeah, he's hosting the Daily Show. What? Once a week now?
3: He's on Monday, on Comedy Central. He's the Monday guy. That's and they keep rotating hosts rounds. in. And honestly, the Daily Show has been awful since he left Trevor Noah was never funny and the rotating guest hosts they've had have not been funny Jon Stewart's a lefty but at least he will call out some folks on his own side of the well, aisle. You remember he
2: was on Colbert maybe last year, Stephen Colbert, or I think it was last year, and really called into question the origins of COVID. He's like, Yeah, I'm thinking it probably came from a lab, <laughs> not a wet market. He made a whole joke of it, a whole bit of it. It was really, it was pretty funny, actually. And right. It was pretty controversial.
3: So last night on his return to The Daily Show, Jon Stewart was making fun of how old and decrepit Joe Biden looks, because Biden turned down that Super Bowl interview and instead decided to do some cringeworthy video
1: on TikTok.
2: Yeah, it was brutal.
1: Oh, it looked horrible. Super Bowl was on Sunday, and the president was offered a chance, as per tradition, to do an interview where millions and millions of people could see him competently and clearly lay out his 2024 agenda. Or he could just
0: turn that down and do what this is. The Biden-Harris campaign joined TikTok over the weekend. The first video was released during the Super Bowl, and it shows President Biden answering questions related to the big game. Game or halftime show? Game.
4: Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. I'm just a great chocolate chip cookies. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: he just looks so old and out of touch, standing there trying to do that TikTok video. I thought TikTok was like
2: a Chinese mind control. I thought, like most people, I, I thought, you know, uh, the department officials there in Washington, D.C. weren't even allowed to have TikTok on their cell
3: phones. Well, knowing what we know about Joe Biden, he probably downloaded that himself. <laughs> yeah. They've got the Chinese spyware Set up in his office. The same dude that let the spy balloon just cross the country. You don't think he wasn't gonna download TikTok? <laughs> Hell no, he was gonna let that happen.
2: Ever and Nigel presents is
1: it depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this
2: anything? Alright, let's rock and roll. Hammer, how do we play? Is this
3: anything? I am going to run some stories by you. You will break down all of the information and give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? So Dolly Parton, America's sweetheart, Dolly Parton, spoke out about El King's drunken performance at the Grand Ole Opry during a tribute to Dolly about a month or two ago. Here is Dolly talking about how everyone should forgive and forget when it comes to El King's drunken performance at the Grand Ole Opry.
4: Elle is really a great artist. She's a great girl. And she's been going through a lot of hard things lately. And she just had a little too much to drink. So let's just forgive that and forget it and move on. Because she felt worse than anybody ever could.
2: Okay, before I comment, uh, let's go back a few weeks when Elle King was hammered at Dolly Parton's Grand Ole Opry celebration live on stage. This is what you ain't
3: right. getting your mum back. I'll tell you one
6: thing. I'll tell you one thing that's true.
4: I'm f***ing hammered.
6: I'm
2: effing hammered.
6: We're celebrating Dolly's birthday, the good old guy. I think we anyway. yeah, yeah, go, go ahead and go ahead. What? It's <laughs> embarrassing. we celebrating Dolly's birthday with the bottle. I'll celebrate a birthday in one way or two. El, let's give him one of yours. How about that? I don't know. Go ahead. Why don't you give me this? Up
4: see, there swearing, I can, I'll tell you one thing. I can slurring. barely play another person's song. Let me
3: see if I can play one of mine. Yeah, Imagine um, being too drunk for Nashville. <laughs> I mean, you're celebrating
2: Dolly Parton's <laughs> birthday. She's an American country music icon, and you're up there slurring and d- drunk and cursing. And, you know, I heard some of her performances, and it was just awful. And, and for Dolly Parton to come out and say, hey, let's all forgive her. She's having a rough go of it fine. I'm fine with that. I think that's something. I think that's big Adali. I don't think there's anything else she would have said. Uh, I don't care either way. I'm not an L. King fan. But I think it's big of Dolly to say, look, this is a young artist, and they made a mistake, and she's going through a rough time, so everybody just forget about it. I think she canceled a bunch of dates after that, too. L. King did.
3: Right. Well, people were returning their tickets. They didn't want to go because they thought it was disrespectful to Dolly Parton. Yeah. Like, If you want to make uh, it a was, living it was. on the Nashville circuit, you don't do that to Dolly no. Parton. That's a no-no. Is this anything? Kanye West walked through an airport with his wife. He posted this video to let you know how he feels about people making comments about him, posting pics of his wife. I just want to tell everybody I posted my wife three times on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm saying is, I delivered the album. And people still in my comments talking about, Why are you posting your wife? Because she make me happy. That's why y'all happy with the music, because I'm happy. You understand? So don't ever say nothing negative. If you don't like my page and don't like what I'm posting, go f*** yourself. Oh. Seriously. Leave me, leave the king alone. I don't care,
5: bro. I'm going to post my wife as much as I want. Go post your wife on your Instagram.
2: Well, look, I mean, say what you want about Kanye West. I think he's kind of a kook. I definitely... Uh, understand where people are coming from when they call him anti-Semitic and some of the comments he said. But uh, his new album has reached number one. He's uncancelable. I mean, he's it's number one on the charts. So, yeah, people are making fun of him about posting too many pictures of his wife uh, on Instagram. I mean, that's what you do on Instagram. I mean, that's isn't that what the point is? I mean, but is and, it
3: also, hey, I'm not with Kim Kardashian anymore, but look who I'm with now?
2: Yeah. That's really what I think it is. I didn't think about that. So anyway, this brings us to great moments in Kanye West history. Oh, okay. Here's Kanye being confronted by a TMZ reporter about his wife, his aforementioned wife, and how uh, he's kind of keeping her under wraps, stifling her, silencing her, so to
3: speak.
5: Hey Kanye, people wanna know if Bianca has her free will, some people are saying you're controlling her. Would you think that you a white woman you could walk up on me like that? And ask me some dumb (laughs) like that? Ask me about my wife, tell me how do she got free will? Are you crazy? You ain't saying this is America. You got free will, you working for TMZ Company? I'm a legend. You understand that? I'm here to support Charlie Wilson. You come ask me some dumb about my wife. That's my wife. You understand what I'm saying? No, tell me. Was it wrong for you to ask me, was that wrong or right? I'm sorry, Kanye. I just need my phone. Hey, no, no. Answer the, the question. I'm supposed to answer your questions? Answer that question. Okay, I got your phone We got out. it. We got it we
2: got, it. we got got it. We got a total overreaction from Kanye West. Great moments in Kanye West's history, Hammer. How about when Kanye West stormed the stage in 2009 at the MTV Awards after Taylor Swift won the big award?
7: No, Taylor.
3: I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the
5: best videos of all time. One of the best videos of all time.
2: I mean, no, she didn't because Taylor won the award. And he went up there and stole the show and grabbed the microphone. And got booed. I'm going to let you finish in a minute. Uh, If I was Taylor Swift... I know she was much younger back then. Probably intimidated by Kanye West.
3: I would not have given him that microphone. No, screw you. Nowadays, she would just send the Swifties at him. <laughs> yeah. Like she's the modern day Willy Wonka, and the Oopaloompas are the Swifties. They work <laughs> for her. She snaps her fingers. You've got a mob of about fifty or sixty around Kanye West. Do we have one more? Uh, do we have time for one more great moment in Kanye West
2: history? Let's do one more. This is uh, after the hurricanes in the South several years ago during a fundraiser. And he was on stage, I think he was on camera, with Mike Myers trying to raise money for the hurricane victims.
4: The destruction of the spirit of the people of southern Louisiana and Mississippi may end up being the most tragic loss of all.
2: George Bush doesn't care about black people. Oh! (laughs) Great moments. Oh! In Kanye West history.
0: Wow! (laughs) Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show.
1: Tommy Laren is no stranger to controversy.
6: I have a question for the self-righteous Hollywood liberal.
1: And Fox News contributor, Tommy Lahren. Tommy, Tommy Laren. Tommy Laren. Joining us right now, Tommy Lahren.
2: Tommy
6: Lahren. Hey! Please welcome Tommy Lara. It's this country, the country that you have so much disdain for, that allows you the right to speak your mind. It protects your right to be a whiny, indulgent, attention-seeking crybaby. <laughs>
2: My name is Nigel. Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline.
6: Tommy Laren is
3: fearless. That is the name of the program. You can catch it on OutKick every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 7 o'clock. She is also a Fox News contributor. Tommy, welcome back to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Let's get into it here. While most of us were asleep last night, the Good Time Party Boys at the Senate got together and decided to send quite a bit of our cash to ukraine to taiwan to israel i'm curious as to your thoughts
6: well, actually, I was awake for it because I was going to be on Fox & Friends first and I saw the disturbing news in real time. You know, I wish I was shocked by it. I wish I was surprised. But unfortunately, another day, another $100 billion, you know, to foreign nations. Meanwhile, our country is going to hell in a handbasket. We don't have $95.3 billion to send. We have to borrow that. But as we know, when they're using our tax dollars to throw at foreign entities... It really uh, is priceless.
2: What's more disturbing, the fact that the Senate passed this or they did it with Republican votes?
6: Yeah, 22 Republican votes to be uh, exact on that. And also two of those votes to senators from my home state of South Dakota, one of the reddest states in the nation. And we have not one, but two of our senators as a part of that 22 who sold us down the river. So, you know, it just goes to show that GOP primary voters and GOP voters in general, even in red states, you know, we got to start being more active here and know who we're voting for because the Uniparty is alive and well.
3: And, Tommy, we were talking about this earlier because we had a senator in our state, in Todd Young, uh, sign off on this as well. And. There's got to be better messaging from the Republican Party, because it seems like there's a little civil war going on between the Freedom Caucus, Donald Trump-style MAGA Republicans, and then the old-school Mitch McConnell-establishment swamp monster Republicans. And ultimately, it's confusing messaging, I think, for a lot of people.
6: No, it is. And I want to know who who keeps voting for Mitch McConnell, who keeps voting for these people that we are sending into office. I mean, I think it's quite obvious, obviously, by this primary process that Donald Trump is obviously the choice of the Republican Party. That's who Republican voters want. But still, as much as Republican voters have signaled they want Donald Trump, We still keep voting for the Mitch McConnell types, the Lindsey Graham types, and we keep sending them to D.C. So I'm not entirely sure what our party, what our voters are doing, if they just become complacent, if there's so much money with some of these incumbents that have been there for so long. I'm not sure, but I think it might be a perfect storm of all of those things. And we got to get our priorities in line because... Again, we've got a border that's wide open, and we find ninety-five point three billion, or so says the Senate, to send to foreign entities, sixty billion to Ukraine. That I'm sorry really uh, helps us and, and, and gives us what in return. You know, it's just mind-boggling that this continues to happen.
2: Okay, uh, not only yeah, what does it give us in return that sixty billion to Ukraine? is that the end of it what does that do for ukraine is that going to put them over the top is that going to make them beat the russian 60 billion is this you know I, I i see you know especially with no audits and no oversight wh- where is the pathway to a win here for ukraine 60 billion here you go what's that gonna that's a drop in the bucket tommy
6: Yeah, these warmongers don't want to win wars. You know, warmonger is actually kind of a a misleading title there. What they really are is endless warmongers. They don't want to solve anything. And that same goes for the Middle East. That's why we are funding both Israel and Hamas with our aid to the Palestinians. So we really fund both sides of every war. And it seems ridiculous and it seems insane unless you realize that our representatives are on the take. And a lot of them are benefiting from the military industrial complex so you don't solve a problem that really is your money spigot you just keep the slow drip going so that your bank account is always happy and your influence peddling is always alive and well that's what's going on here you know at the outset if we wanted to help ukraine win this thing we could have done that it would have been quick it would have been decisive but no we wanted this to be a multi-year thing which we just keep sending money and money and money and perpetuity until who knows who knows when there is no end
3: Tommy Lahren is our guest host of Tommy Lahren is fearless on Outkick Monday, Wednesday and Thursdays at seven o'clock. You could also catch her on Fox. All right, Tommy, I'm going to lay out three different things here for you. You tell me which one has got Democrat panties and more of a twist here. okay? (laughs) the special counsel report on Joe Biden that basically said he's too incompetent to know any better. The following press conference that Joe Biden did where he basically doubled down and proved everything or Kamala Harris, bless her heart, coming out saying she's ready to lead. Which one is a bigger problem for the Democrats right now?
6: Well, I think the Kamala Harris problem is going to be their biggest problem because the aforementioned two, the special counsel report, as well as the press conference, I've been quite vocal about this. I think the Democrat Party is perfectly happy with that because, like I said last week on Fox News. They're giving Joe just enough rope to hang himself. They don't want him to be the nominee. they got to figure out a way to get him out of there. So they're saying, you know what, Mr. President, you go out there and you talk, and we'll see how well that goes for you. We will let you end this yourself through just quite obvious you not being able to handle yourself, not being competent, not being you know, cognitively efficient. So what I would say is the Kamala Harris thing is still what's got them baffled because they don't know what they're going to do with her. They know that they can throw Joe under the bus via his own dementia. But what about Kamala? What do you do with that? So that's their biggest problem right now.
3: And what's kind of a trip to me is watching two different things play out here. You've got the folks that are still trying to carry water for Joe. Joe Scarborough, the folks at MSNBC, even Chuck Schumer coming out and saying Joe Biden's fine. It's Republican propaganda. But you've also got some folks starting to turn on Joe Biden. I don't know if I've seen the White House press pool turn on Joe Biden quite like they did the other night. Tommy, I don't Think you would have seen that two or maybe three years ago but you're seeing it now
6: we're seeing it now because the plan is in motion and this has been a carefully crafted plan since the beginning of this whole thing since 2020 this has been a carefully crafted plan in my opinion A couple of years ago, the press and the Democrats, they couldn't be critical of Joe Biden because they had to use him to puppeteer their agenda. But now that it's waning, now that we're coming up to the end of the term and they don't want to run him again, now they feel comfortable exposing him. And you'll still see some that'll be hesitant to say something. But I would love to hear those backroom conversations, the hot mic moments. I'm sure we're going to hear more of what they actually think, because there is not a single Democrat out there, including First Lady Jill Biden, who isn't thinking that this is a disaster and a mess. Not not a single one of them believes that Joe is is able to do this job. Yeah,
2: and then overall big picture I, I, like I was actually kind of stunned when I saw this special counsel report with the classified documents and Biden losing some extremely sensitive documents, and then coming out and saying uh, they don't. You know, he's years away. Like he had no idea when his son Bo actually passed away, and he's not mentally fit to stand trial. So we're not going to pursue any charges now. The low hanging f- fruit here, here, but this is the thing everybody needs to know: if the president's not mentally fit to stand trial. How was he mentally fit to be president?
6: Oh, exactly. And I think that that's the the biggest point here. And it's quite obvious to all of us. But I think that's how they're going to get Joe out, to be honest with you. I think that's how Democrats are going to play this. They're going to come to Joe and they're going to say, listen, there's a lot of things here. It's not just the classified documents. It's also the influence peddling and the Hunter Biden. We just had the, you know, of course, the Bobulinski testimony Mm -hmm. today. I think that the DNC, the powers that be, the Obama shadow government, they're going to go to Joe and say, hey, listen, either you're going to be in hot water legally or you are just going to back out because you're cognitively failing that's your choice here buddy and i think to preserve himself and his family and his fortune i think he's going to decide to step back and not run come november that's that's what i'm thinking is going to happen here
3: tommy last thing before we let you go here how are your super bowl plans did did you have a food spread did you have people over are you a super bowl party kind of gal or do you just watch it at home chill out and have some drinks and just soak it all in
6: i got to be honest with you, I'm not a football fan. So I was waiting for the Super Bowl to be over so that the Taylor <laughs> Swift coverage would end. And also baseball season to begin. So for me, it really was just a countdown. Um, I right. didn't stay awake to even watch the full thing. I, I saw too much Taylor Swift stuff. And, and I like Taylor Swift. Don't get me wrong, I like her. But I don't like football. I don't like the nonstop coverage of Taylor. I'm happy that hopefully both of those are over for a while. And now we can welcome baseball season with no Taylor Swift in sight.
3: I didn't know if like young Tommy Laren used to run around listening to usher songs you know at UNLV or South Dakota, and if that you know brought some feelings back or something.
6: Oh, I love Usher. I think I think Usher did a great job. I tweeted it out. I thought Rihanna did better. I'm sorry. I thought she had a better oh. performance, but but Usher did a good job. And you know what? I felt really bad for Usher, Usher because he brought out Alicia Keys. He brought out Ludacris. He brought out all these folks. Lil Jon, and still completely overshadowed by Taylor Swift. Poor guy. His moment
3: cash. <laughs> Tommy Laird is fearless. Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, seven o'clock at Outkick.com. Follow her on social media. Tommy, thank you so much awesome as always we'll talk again soon thank you guys talk soon it's the hammer and nigel show you're listening to the
2: hammer and nigel show be listening for our interview with the uh, new chief of police for impd chris bailey that's coming up a little bit after 5 30 looking forward to talking to him talking about some of the new you know maybe some of the changes what's going on what he plans to do differently is the I mean, that's a high-profile position uh, in this city. Is chief of police in a in a in a big city? Hammer.
3: You get a lot of criticism thrown your way when yep. you're the chief of police in a major city. But I'd like to know what changed
2: here in the past couple of weeks because it did sound like after the announcement of uh, Chief Taylor uh, retiring that uh, he didn't want the job permanently. He was uh, kind of an interim basis uh, the the uh, chief of police. Now he's accepted it full time, so it should be fun. I should. I, I'm looking forward to that one.
3: Dateline Colorado, a dog was reunited with his family after nearly four years of being lost and was found 600 miles away from his Colorado home near the Mexican border. How does that happen? Here are Benjamin and Elizabeth talking about finding and being reunited with their dog, Patches. They had
7: put an ad up for her, and I'm looking at this picture, and I'm just like, there's no way.
0: She'd been getting missed calls from an area code in New Mexico um, saying that they had patches, and she's like, is this a scam? Is this not? I don't know.
7: We've got lots of time to make up for, and I just want to give her a place where she can be at peace and be at rest in these last couple years that we're going to get together.
2: How, how, again, the question still stands. You hear these stories all the time of these missing dogs that show up years later, hundreds of miles away. Like it's was it, did he hop on some like you know empty rail car on a
3: train or something like that like a hobo like something like a movie he's got a little uh, you know bandana on a stick and he's going across country four
2: <laughs> years later I would have loved to see that uh, th- there was no I looked I didn't see any footage of you know the the reunion but it, it must have been intense I mean uh, you, you think your dog's gone probably dead. And then four years later there there he is, six hundred miles away in Colorado.
3: Now, not to be Debbie Downer. Yeah. But we had a story like this not that long ago. But then, as soon as the family got reunited with the dog, it got sick and passed away I shortly remember afterwards. Remember that. So, imagine yeah. that roller coaster of oh, emotions. Oh, that's awful. You're sad, you're heartbroken, and then you finally move on with your life. And then, oh my God, my dog's alive. And you get some time together again, and then, boom, dead. He dies right after that. Like, it's like your heart's ripped out of your chest twice. That sucks. Um, Again, don't go anywhere. We've got the top stories coming up next and an interview with the new chief of police at IMPD, Chris Bailey. We are on social media at Hammer and Nigel. We're streaming on YouTube. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
5: Hammer and Nigel. you believe
1: these characters are weirdos? So let's.
2: Hello, my name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer right over there. Senate pulled an all-nighter passed this controversial $95 billion foreign aid bill, sending billions to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Of course, it's got to get through the House first before that happens. Not sure if that will happen with House Speaker Mike Johnson killing the previous bill. Um, actually, I don't even think it made it past the Senate. <laughs> the the border security bill. Right. right, so Which had
3: some ridiculous things buried in the back pages, and it died a slow painful death the way that it should. So
2: now, they took the border security stuff out of there, and then they just voted on the funding for foreign aid, and that got through the Senate with flying colors, including help from Republicans.
3: 22 Republicans, including Indiana's Todd Young. Now, again, let this sink in. Think about how much the United States is in debt. Think about how many problems we've got going on at home, and their first priority is was to make sure everybody else had money, not to take care of us. These people. Like, I get it. We're going to do standalone bills here, right? Foreign aid bill, border bill, other things. Fine. That's kind of what we want. But can we start with things that we need first? Can we start with America and then work our way out? That's apparently asking too much. Twenty two Republican senators, Mitch McConnell, Senator Kennedy of Louisiana, which is a bummer because he gives us great sound bites. And I really want to like the guy. But he voted for that. Mitt Romney, the usual suspects and Todd Young of Indiana. Now, based on what I see on social media, Nige, this isn't going over real well for Todd Young. Now, you still have some people saying, thank you, Todd Young, and now there won't be World War III. Mm -hmm. You've got those idiots. Because all of a sudden, Russia, which has struggled to defeat Ukraine, is going to take over the rest of the world. But Todd Young sent money to Ukraine, so rest easy, everybody. It's going to be okay. I mean,
2: look, you mentioned parsing these bills out, separating everything, even the foreign aid bill forget about the border security for a minute because the house passed a republican bill tightening border security uh early last year and then chuck schumer's been sitting on his ass on it ever since that hasn't even made it to the floor in the senate but the fact that 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 all the the, taiwan israel and ukraine are all packaged together no those need to be separated out too let each one stand on its own you want to you want to vote for ukraine and sending 60 billion dollars there fine do it on its own don't package it together put your name on it on its own because there's some people that might be like well oh, look i'm uh, really a staunch supporter of israel but uh, the only way they're going to get their aid is if we send another 60 meaningless 60 billion dollars in my opinion to ukraine
3: right Paying for pensions of their leaders in Ukraine. Uh, So while that was happening in the Senate in the wee hours of the morning, we could have some action in the House tonight. The House could have another vote to impeach DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Alejandro! Alejandro! Steve Scalise is back from his uh, cancer treatments, and his one vote could be the one that puts it over the top for the Republicans. They tried this last week without Scalise, and they had just enough folks it tied. getting squirrely. Yeah,
2: it, got tied, it was tied, I believe. Right.
3: Yeah. And has kept his job. Tonight, there could be another vote, but it's razor thin. We're talking about maybe one vote being the difference. So if somebody flip-flops, then this whole thing is going to be a waste and another black eye for the Republicans. Allison, let's play a round of Is It Racist? It's time to play Is It it Racist? For those who are new to the Hammer and Nigel show, thank you so much for listening. Here to explain the rules of this game is AOC. Is
6: it racist? Is something racist? Yes or no?
3: The University (laughs) of California, San Francisco, UCSF. They invited a guy to speak to their class on diagnosing whiteness.
2: Yeah, Dante King, kind of a race-baiting, DEI, uh, critical race theory advocate. I, he's crazy. I mean, he's an author, some supposed scholar.
3: Oh, I don't whatever. know if he's crazy, Nige. He just had a lesson to these young, impressionable college students that whites are psychopaths, and I'm sorry? white people have written laws that allow the raping of black women. That's all.
5: Whites are psychopaths, and their behavior represents an underlying biologically transmitted proclivity with roots deep in their evolutionary history. Say this with me. Rape culture in America is a legal, economic, and moral institution. So we're going to, we have it written in the law, you can rape black women. As much as we (laughs) want to talk about how bad anti-blackness is, Uh it is the foundation of all American all white American institutions. We then get to Ron DeSantis. He says in Florida, we're taking a stand against the state sanctioned racism that is critical race theory. We won't allow Florida tax dollars to be spent teaching kids to hate our country or hate each other only to hate black people. We will invest dollars in that. Uh-huh. I think whites are psychopathic. <laughs> Teenagers, young people that are going out and committing person uh, uh, home invasions. And hitting people, women over the head with person uh, uh, objects and stealing their purses, I want you to just say that's just human nature.
2: Well, yeah, that's racist. Yeah, I'm pretty confident to say, and it's no surprise that this 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 race baiting lunatic, uh, this this uh, complete bigot, is speaking at the university uh, in San Francisco. Right. I mean, this is this is a guy that was paid to say these things.
3: Did you catch the end of that where he was justifying assaulting someone? I'm oh, sure. Yeah. It's justifying same, it. I
2: mean, reparations. You know, it's all... I, I- You have to remember, this is the same university that I believe Riley Gaines was speaking at, and I I think this was the same university in San Francisco, where she was shut down by a mob of raging, lunatic, violent leftists, and they had to hide in a classroom or some sort of room until the police got there. She was not allowed to speak, and this guy is welcome with open arms on, on the university there in San Francisco.
3: You know, I know a lot of you got worn out by Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, but I'm glad San Francisco lost. Like, when you (laughs) hear crap like this in San Francisco, like, you just root against that city. Like, I didn't want to see a smile on the face of Pelosi or Adam Schiff or Gavin Newsom or Kamala Harris or this psychopath, Dante King. I don't want those people to be happy at all. They deserve to be... uh, They deserve to have their hearts broken with crap like this. But think
2: about what you're listening to there. This guy was welcome, again, with open arms to San Francisco University. And uh, Riley Gaines, again, maybe she was invited there as well, and that's fine. But she wasn't allowed to speak. The leftist violent mob attacked her. You mean the peaceful, tolerant left? So, whites are psychopaths. Shocking. Yes, Give him the podium, and he gets free reign. But uh, uh, men playing in women's sports, which is what Riley Gaines was talking about, no, you are getting shut down and quite possibly uh, beaten if uh, gotten a hold of by the mob.
3: Before we go to traffic with Matt Baer, there's a story out about the most turbulent airline route in North America. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. When my flight hits turbulence, I start to white-knuckle it a little bit. I'm a bit of a nervous flyer when I go on vacations to places. When we hit that pocket of air and the plane shakes a little bit, I don't like it. Yeah. Kind of uh, bugs me out a little bit. Well, we've talked
2: to professional airline pilots about this before. Most of the time, I mean, the the planes can handle it. You're not going to crash because of turbulence. I don't think that's ever happened. But, no, I understand completely. That's why I kind of like to get a buzz before I get on the plane.
3: Well, me too. And if you've ever hit, like, major turbulence where the plane shakes, man. It sucks. It sucks. So, the most turbulent air route in North America, according to a study is the flight between Nashville, Tennessee, and Raleigh, North Carolina. Really? That's the one. So, if you've ever got a flight from Nashville to Raleigh, man, you better just bring a bottle of Jack with you, because you're going to hit some bumps. The second bumpiest is Charlotte to Pittsburgh. Man,
2: we had just a beautiful day on Sunday from uh, flying from Phoenix back to Indianapolis. I... It's the first time I was able to kind of fall asleep on a plane. It was smooth as silk. Nice. I don't remember anything until and then and then the drink the cart lady woke me up and I was like, oh. I, I was kind of at first kind of perturbed that she woke me up, but then I was glad because I was able to order a screwdriver. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was like We're not saying Nigel's an alcoholic, but he was happy to be woken up <laughs> by the booze cart. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Really okay you. Are you okay?
5: Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty I'm f- f- far from okay.
7: Oh. Are you okay
2: with this? On oh, the
7: Hammer and Nidels.
5: Oh
2: yeah! Man-hammer Super Bowl Fifty-Eight set a huge ratings record. I mean, mean, it was in Vegas. It was on CBS. The Chiefs and the 49ers averaged around 123.5 million viewers, maybe 123.4 million. It's the biggest TV audience since the uh, Apollo landing on the moon in 1969. Are you okay with this?
3: Yes, I'm okay with this. But I'm wondering. Is this going to be the peak of NFL ratings? Because this was the perfect storm, right? You've got Vegas hosting the game for the first time. You've got probably the best player in the league in Patrick Mahomes. You've got the whole side story of the biggest pop star of the planet dating the charismatic tight end. You've got a major market in San Francisco. This is everything. So next year... Let's say that the Super Bowl is Kansas City against Detroit, or maybe it's Buffalo against San Francisco or something like that. Are they going to have 123.5 million people? I don't know if they can. This was the perfect storm of everything, and CBS was the uh, beneficiary of all of this kind of stuff. Well,
2: look, I mean, last year it was a record, 115 million people last year watched the Super Bowl, and that was a record. So you're telling me that you don't think they can go above 123 and a half? I think the Taylor
3: Swift factor, the pop culture factor, was about 8 million people here. Wow. Which is the difference between this year's Super Bowl and last year's Super Bowl. Now, again, last year was Kansas City and Philadelphia, two major teams, right? It wasn't like some scrappy underdog made it to the Super Bowl. Philadelphia, major market. And again, Kansas City, the best team with the best player. And this year's game had $8 million more. Now, maybe it was Vegas. People you know, wanted to see how the city of entertainment would put on the game. But I'm telling you, the Taylor Swift thing, it was new. It was topical. Everybody was talking about it. Even if the Chiefs go back next year and Taylor is still with Travis, I don't think the buzz is going to be there like it was this year. I think this is the peak.
2: In addition to Mardi Gras, a new study says New Orleans is the top spring break destination of 2024, and it's also the most dangerous. Are you okay with this?
3: No, no. And I talked about this earlier in the show. Uh I might surprise you by saying this, I'm not a New Orleans guy. I've been to New Orleans, it stinks, there's a lot of puke, there's a lot of pee. It's like walking down the back alley of Broad Riffle. <laughs> so no, I don't want to spend my spring break there. As a spring breaker, you can get drunk and have booze in a lot of places, because really that's what New Orleans has to offer. Bourbon Street, all of the bars and that kind of stuff. Well, as a college kid going on spring break, you can do that at Daytona, Panama City, Miami, places like that where there's a beach, there's an ocean, and there's bikini-clad women that need oil rubbed on their bodies. That's what it's all about. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I posted a picture of this over the weekend. Kids today, college kids today... They have no idea how awesome MTV's coverage of Spring Break used to be back in the day. Remember that? Paulie Shore would go yeah. down there and hook up with all these chicks and Jenny McCarthy and Carmen Electra getting loose. I posted that video of Carmen Electra just dancing and grinding on the lead singer of Lit during MTV's Spring Break a number of years ago. You'll have to scroll down our Twitter feed from the weekend to see it, but kids today, they're not ready for out of control MTV spring break Carmen Electra. It used to be a vibe. And did you ever go on a big drunken spring break excursion? Nah,
2: not no, not like you guys did. No, nope, no, nope. I was always working. I, I I never got to go.
3: I did Panama City. Never did that. And uh, that's where MTV was one year, and they had two clubs. They had Club La Vila. And club spinnakers, and it was just a hot mess. Express man, good times. I'll never forget it. And would I let my kids do that? Absolutely not.
2: <laughs> uh, let's skip Alice, and I'm going to skip the Nashville thing and go straight to Alicia Keys and her voice cracking when she started singing during the national. I'm sorry, during the Super Bowl halftime show. Do you remember this? Alicia Keys made the special appearance during Usher. Uh, it's been correct. Corrected on the NFL channel's official version of YouTube So here, I want you to hammer I want you to listen to the original that aired Sunday And then the fix
5: Some people oh. want it all, but I don't Some people
2: want it all, That's the corrected version Okay That think. they did on YouTube Are you okay with uh, them fixing that?
3: Yes, I'm fine with it. We know Alicia Keys can sing. She probably had a bad note right there. It doesn't make a difference. To be honest with you, I didn't even notice it when she performed it live. You playing that for me just now was the first time that I noticed it. So I don't think it's anything. If you really want my attention... Talk about Usher grinding up on Alicia Keys, because <laughs> if I'm Alicia Keys' husband, which is a guy by the name of Swiss Beats, he's like a rapper. Ah, Swiss Beats, of course. I've got a little problem with Usher getting a little handsy with my wife up there in front of, what was it, 123.4 million people. It wasn't like he was just saying, thank you for performing. He got all up in there. Usher was getting a little handsy. And if that's you know my wife, I'm a little concerned. I think I'm yelling out at the TV, pointing at him like that meme of Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> yeah. getting up off the chair. Um, real quick, before we uh, hit a break here... Happy birthday to the First Lady of WIBC, Terry Stacy. No, I didn't it's know Terry that. It's Terry Stacy's really? birthday today, oh, and um, wow, we were talking about spring break a little bit earlier. I think the best way to pay homage to the First Lady is by having a spring break memory from Terry Stacy. Yes, Hammer and Nigel present spring break memories with
2: Terry Stacy.
0: Back in 1986, I went on spring break in beautiful Miami, and I actually made out with Don Johnson from Miami Vice. Okay, it wasn't actually Don Johnson, it was Don from Don's Guns. Spring Break
3: Memories
2: with Terry Stacy. Happy birthday!
0: Happy birthday, Terry Stacy. Life is so much more than a diagnosis, it's about sharing time with those you love.
2: It's Hammer and Nigel show. Hello, my name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer over there with a very special guest
3: on the hotline. He is the newly named Chief of Police for the IMPD. Chris Bailey joins us. Chief, first of all, congratulations. Uh, take us through how this whole thing came to be, because it sounded like a couple weeks ago you just wanted this to be an interim thing you didn't want the gig. At least that's how it came off. And now you're the guy in charge of all of this. How did we get to this point?
7: Well, first of all, thanks for having me on uh, this morning, this morning, this afternoon, guys. I haven't <laughs> slept all night, so it's, yeah, I uh, bet it's been, it's been busy. A little bit different. So, yeah, I, you know, when I my my kids are very active and um, travel sports and other things. And at the end of the day, I didn't want them to be burdened, especially my daughter is 15 years. You know how you teenage being a teenager now is very tough. And then you sure. add in the fact that your dad's getting talked about and scrutinized every day. I didn't want that to be a problem for her. So I just said, you know what? Yeah, I've, I've had a good run. Um, you know, I'll, I'll find a place on the agency to keep doing the work that I I think is important. And, Help transition to whomever the next chief is. So I told the mayor that I appreciate it, but uh, maybe look for someone else. And then on a, on a trip down to, to, to Louisville for volleyball, um, my daughter asked me about it. It was just her and I. And she laid on some pretty thick wisdom for a 15 year old. Um, and she basically told me I was dumb without saying those words, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and that uh, she, she, I think she'd been disappointed if I didn't. And so, you know, and then after spending four weeks. As the interim and hearing the the feedback that I'm getting from community members and our officers, I I asked the mayor last week if if there was still an option that, that I would reconsider it.
3: And I totally understand that because I've got teenagers as well and they're active just like yours. And although our jobs are different, we still get scrutiny. So take me through what that conversation was like a little bit, because my oldest son, he's kind of going down the same path that I am. He understands that criticism is part of the game here. Like, is she really aware of what's about to come when you're named the chief of police in a major city?
7: You know, I don't. I don't think that. Uh, you know, before before our conversation, I'm not really sure, but I, I walked through that, and you know, I, I was saying exactly what she said was something similar to like I don't watch the news. Nobody knows watch the news. Only old people watch the news, and I don't care what <laughs> old people think. Kind of kind of thing was that that. Right. Uh, and so it was really her that I was. My I have a 22 year old son who. You know he's he's a he's a grown up. He he knows how to deal with it, right? My son's 11, and he's not on social media. Doesn't have to deal with some of the 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 the, the crap that that teenagers do, at high schoolers especially girls that have to deal with. And so uh, when she said, "Look, I can deal with it," and then she's on the front page of the paper today, which she finds completely humiliating. I saw that. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, and but she's 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 been okay with it, but. So, you know, we'll deal with it when they start calling me names in the paper and and talking about that. We'll deal with it. But she knows who I am. She knows what kind of dad I am. She knows what kind of person I am. And at the end of the day, uh, that's what matters to me is is what my family thinks about me.
2: You know, Chief, we were talking about your appointment yesterday uh, as chief of police. And I said, I'm, you know, we've talked to you many times before. We like you. We we think, I I said, I think this is, um, this is good to get some fresh blood in that position. Not that uh, Chief Taylor did a bad job. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, um, you know, you and your relationship with the uh, fellow IMPD officers, what new things are you going to bring to this uh, position here at IMPD?
7: Well, you know, we, we, we're going to collaborate more with our officers and we're going to listen to them more than maybe we, 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 we have over the last four years. And I'm not, that's not chief Taylor's fault. I'm, I'm just as at fault of that as anyone else. Um, But we were so uh, ingrained in dealing with the issues that that have manifested themselves over the last four years that, that I think that we lost uh, a little bit of, of, of the, you know What we should be supporting our cops, we lost a little bit of that. And I uh, and, and think the community owns some of that. I think our elected officials own some of that, and we certainly do as executives in the police department. And now we have to fix that. Uh, if we're going to maintain the great cops that we have and, and bring more officers into this department, then we have to show them that we care about them, that we support them. Um, and that doesn't mean that we don't hold them accountable. It doesn't mean we don't have policies and we don't stick to those things and, and do the right thing from our community and meet community expectations. But it does mean when they're right, supporting them and showing them that they're right and telling them that they're right. And it means giving them what they need to do their job better and safer so that our community is safer. Chief, one of the things that I
3: hear from my friends and family that work in law enforcement is, it's frustrating arresting the same people over and over again. And we've talked about the, you know, revolving door of the justice system in central Indy for a while. Are you the guy that might have to have some of these tough conversations with the prosecutor's office or the mayor's office? Does that responsibility fall onto you now?
7: I think that the, the, that, I, that I, in my position that I have a role to play in in talking about where we can get better as a whole in the community in the criminal justice system you know the very first part of this spoke this wheel of criminal justice is law enforcement and what i've been telling our officers is that you have to do your job well if we're going to get charges filed then you have to do the the right investigation you have to collect the right evidence you have to ask the right questions uh, in order to give the prosecutor the ability to file those charges and then we have to to beyond that, we have to make sure that we're prepared for trial and that we give the judge and our jury the right information to do to do, to, to convict. But um, yeah, so I think that I have a role to play in, in voicing our concerns when we see uh, that there are issues in other parts of the system. I, I'm not a, I'm not a guy that uh, that that finds a lot of value in publicly shaming some of our, of our partners. I just I, I feel like I I can have those conversations behind closed doors and be open, honest and and, and tell them my feelings on, on you know, where, that, where maybe they, they, they miss the expectations of our department and our, and our officers. I'm not afraid to have those conversations. And I think that we're going to have some of those conversations here real soon with, with our partners mm-hmm. about specifically about bond uh, and about bail. No one wants someone who to sit in jail on a low level crime or misdemeanor who can't afford to get out of jail. But those individuals who victimize somebody with a weapon. Over and over again Or who use a gun uh, To terrify and rob someone else There needs to be a message That that behavior is unacceptable And there's going to be accountability for that
2: The new chief of police uh, Chris Bailey here for IMPD On the Hammer and Nigel show What were you able to learn from your predecessor? You got pretty big shoes to fill I mean, um, uh, Chief Randall Taylor uh, You were his assistant for a number of years Tell me some of the things Specifically you were able to glean uh, From watching him lead
7: he, he he is the most patient man that I've ever uh, been had the honor of working around. Like, as the rest of us are running around on this second floor, their hair's on, hair on fire, or <laughs> upset or angry, he's, he, he is that calm, steadying force that just says, yeah, yeah, I'm going to think about this. I'm going to ponder it. And then, you know, he always has that wise advice that was driven and by his faith. Uh, and you know, I've always, I always respected that about him. I never saw him angry. Not one time in four years, not one single time. Can I recall a time where I saw him angry and I can't say that by myself. I mean, frankly, I just can't. And, but I'd go down there, I'd stomp down the hallway, like a (laughs) four-year-old go in there. Right. Right. And I, you know, I'd start to, you know, pontificate about whatever, my feelings were, and, you know, I, after about 30 seconds of watching him stare at me and say, <laughs> you need to settle down without saying it, uh, you know, I, I calmed down and we come to a you know, logical conclusion about whatever I was throwing a tantrum about. Well, Chief, it's a
3: big weekend here in Indy. Uh, basically, you know, into the fire so to speak you're the new chief of police in the nba all-star games coming to town lots of tourism a lot of big celebrities and parties uh what does this weekend's plan look like for you guys
7: Well, I will tell you that no one plans for events better than than Indianapolis, and no one deals with them better than Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department. We've got great partners at at the local level, the state level, and the federal level that are going to help make sure that we do everything that we can uh, to keep those visitors, residents, business owners, operators, fans safe uh, this weekend. We want everybody to have a great time. and want them to enjoy all the all the festivities that they can. We want them to come downtown and want them to enjoy themselves. We want them to be responsible. We want them to treat uh, each other with respect. Leave your guns at home, please. We've seen too many times how these simple conflicts and you mix booze in it uh, and then you have something terrible happen. And, you know, I'm not, uh, yeah, we're we're as ready as we can be. Uh, You know, we're going to have lots of officers, over 200 plus every single day, visible and invisible. We're going to use technology. We're also deploying officers and extra officers in areas across the city where we see parties that are popping up at, at bars and places in Broad Ripple or strip malls. Uh, we're monitoring Airbnb for particular issues or, or those long, those short-term rental companies. I shouldn't say Airbnb, but short-term rental companies. Our nuisance abatement teams will be out business neighborhood services will be out to try to mitigate and shut these things down when they they seem to be out of control or operating illegally
3: well chief congratulations uh we're looking forward to uh, a great weekend here in indy and then moving forward your leadership of the impd and as always tell your officers they've got support from the hammer and nigel show and we thank you for your time
7: thank you i appreciate the support and happy to come on anytime it's the hammer and nigel show
3: And we have got a lewd, nude, dude in the news.
2: Here's another lewd,
5: nude,
3: dude in the news. Dateline, Nashville, Tennessee. 25-year-old man in Nashville named Mark Cowart was arrested for pleasuring himself in public at the Vanderbilt University Library. And when I say pleasuring himself, I think we all know what I'm talking about. Did you follow that, Allison? Thumbs up, thumbs down, jump on the microphone. You're aware of what's going on here.
6: Unfortunately, yes, yes. We, We get the drift, yeah.
3: Treating his body like an amusement park in the Vanderbilt University Library. Somebody reported him. He was watching adult cinema. And then when police arrived... They caught him in the act, and when the police arrived, he wasn't being, like, covert about it. He kept going, and this is from the police report right here. I'm reading it word for word. Quote, an officer tried to pull his hand away to cuff him, but he was able to slip away because he had lube on his hands. He was able to escape being handcuffed because his hands were so well lubricated. They finally did arrest him. He admitted to it. He's being charged with public indecency, resisting arrest and trespassing.
6: This has been
2: another lewd, nude,
3: dude in the And the perfect gift for Valentine's Day would be a lewd new dude in the news t shirt, which can be purchased right now at the Hammer and Nigel Show store. Store. Store.hammerandnigel.com. We've got lewd new dude in the news t shirts. We've got Is This Anything t shirts, hoodies like the one I'm rocking today, just a big, comfortable hooded sweatshirt we've got sweatshirts t-shirts pint glasses coffee mugs the i hate rob kendall collection and the i love rob kendall collection buy someone a gift from the hammer and nigel show store today store.hammerandnigel.com